Hi folks, I'm Duncan Gill, child and adolescent psychiatrist. And I'm Victoria Lee, licensed clinical mental health counselor, and welcome to Is There a Med for That? The podcast about teen mental health and behavioral problems and what to do about them. Victoria and I have been working for uh, years together with kids. Sometimes we use therapy, sometimes medication, sometimes we give some guidance to parents. And sometimes kids just need to be left alone. We don't have all the answers, but we probably have some of them. We'll do our best to share what we've learned over the years working with struggling kids and their families. We hope you enjoy the show and we can be helpful to those who have taken on the hardest job in the world, being a parent. Hey, Vicki, how's it going? <laughs> Hello, Duncan. It is going good. I'm very excited to talk about our subject today, the behavioral guidelines. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I like it. I think we've been debating whether when we should introduce the topic of the behavioral guidelines to our podcast listeners, to the parents at home. Um, but I think we're going to just do it. Let's, let's do, just it do it now. And if we totally mess it up we we'll can redo, redo it. it people could write in tell us it sucked and we can clarify and i guess partly <laughs> duncan stop screaming um yeah and why i think partly why we've been a little bit hesitant is that some it's odd it's a little bit odd what we talk about and also too i think sometimes it can seem daunting but it's actually very simple I think you and I were talking about that, and it's not easy. That's why it feels daunting, I think, when we talk about it, but the concept is simple. And so at Direction, we practice something called the Behavioral Guidelines. It's part of our program. But beyond that, I don't know. I can't speak for Duncan. There's questions there. But in my family, and uh, Joe Walsh created the guidelines. We practice the guidelines. And so what are we talking about? Part of the care we provide for kids and anyone's life, really, if you want wellness in your life, you have to, we believe you have to include the culture in which you exist. Oftentimes, we hyper-focus on the individual in American culture, very, you know, rugged individualism to the whole romantic individualism. Cowboys. Cowboys and Renaissance men, you know, there's, um, and that's beautiful and, and really important. We're very into personal autonomy and creativity and expression. But we think that often there can be a missing component, and that's the cultural piece of wellness, that we have to create a culture in which we're going to live. And whether we set out deliberately and proactively create that culture or not, we exist in a culture. And the culture is... Um, all that is around us, you know, throughout the day, the environment in which we exist. And, you know, and what we're talking about here is family culture. And with our approach to therapy and family work, we really focus a lot on creating a positive family culture for you and your kids to both benefit from. Uh, we believe it's a pathway forward to full human maturity, full development, eventually self-actualization, um, so it's a lofty goal, right? Like we, we would love to see it right through the end with the family, but it can actually help you get a lot of traction right now in, in, the, in the here and now um, to help improve relationships. So when we say practicing the guidelines, we're talking about in your family implementing a social code. Could I interrupt just for a sec? No. 
sharething.com. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to translate because I have a, um, in, into a, a simpler way I, I would translate your beautiful language into, it, and tell me if this is accurate. Um, if we're talking about the family, for example, culture, it's uh, creating a place where folks get along and where they help each other grow. Yes. Yep. Well done, Duncan. Why, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't need you here. <laughs> I try to leave a little space for you, Duncan. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for humoring me. And so the social code, we have, it's one sheet of paper, two-sided if it's very small, um, which is a, I'm referring to, we have little uh, wallet-sized copies of the guidelines where we actually have written down a comprehensive outline of behaviors that everyone in the group is going to commit to. So a social code of behaviors. And at first, a lot of people don't like that idea, right? Like you want me to like something, you want me to be limited to these behaviors. But really, if you read through them, we're going to put a link um, somewhere on wherever we put up this podcast out there in the world, a link to um, a copy of the guidelines so you can check them out to see if you like them for your family. And also you can go right to our website. Uh, what is that website, Dunk? www.directionbehavioralhealth.com. Beautiful. HTTP forward slash forward slash. You can find a, a copy of them on there, along with other media stuff too, like uh, some parenting groups that Joe did. Uh, and Joe is the founder of WED. We've talked. We should do an episode on Joe sometime. We should and talk about him and give people a little context of who idea. he was and his uh, what he's left behind. Yep. Yeah, and because the, the guidelines, I think he left so much positive for the world and the guidelines are one of them. All right. And so it's one comprehensive sheet of paper. Can I interrupt again? No. <laughs> Please. So I'm, um, again, in my sort of linear mind and maybe for folks who are, mm-hmm. um, as I far appreciate as, that about yeah, you. Thank you. You help bring order. <laughs> you bring order to my chaos. When I wrote about this in the book, it was one of the hardest things in the world because I had to translate it from Joe's way of thinking, which, um, it's, it's just another way of thinking into a more linear, uh, entry point, really step-by-step, step, uh, doctor type thing. So anyways, uh, maybe it's just adding more context, but it's fair to say in any group, there's a social code. Yes. And most are implicit where they don't talk about what they are, just how we get along. Nobody talks about it. Um, and it often is uneven. Um, maybe the, the leader of the tribe, uh, whatever he says goes, and uh, he's or not, she. or she, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> terrible mistake. Um, and people have to listen and he may be, he or she, I'm just going to say just she. I'm just with you. That's no, okay. We can go with he. She's held. No, now I'm going to do she because you <laughs> made Passive fun of me. Passive aggressive. That's right. Uh, she's can be held to a different standard. Um, what you can say to each other uh, is a social, is part of the social code. What you can't say to each other, uh, how, so Thou shall not kill, one extreme one that most societies most do. Most people agree with. Yeah. So there's always a or code. murder. Thou shall not murder. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. There's a difference. I got into a big philosophical mm. thing with Joe about what murder was. And that mm. we can, I digress. Um, so the, the, the idea is to pick a social code which everybody adheres to, everybody's held responsible to, that um, makes the most sense. Um, so that's what the guidelines aim to do. Yeah, we explicate our social code. So that means put it out in the open. 
we write it down, and we recommend putting it up on the fridge. You don't have to blow it up in huge writing and put it everywhere all over the house, but just one place where people can go read it um, and be aware of it and have that balanced reminder of what we're all committed to practicing together. And it really does help flatten um, that we're all we're all committed to practicing, that mom, dad, kiddos, we're all part of the same team and same family and practice the same values and practice the same code of ethics that, uh, like you said, there's no, because you're the parent, you don't have to do X, Y, or Z. Or And there might be nuances there, right, in different agreements where because you are a parent, you pay the mortgage, maybe your kids don't. But um, in terms of practicing our basic ways of interacting and caring for the group, giving and receiving from the group, uh, we're going to be, if we flatten that hierarchy. Could you mention what practicing means? Practicing means putting your best effort into following the guidelines. So living the guidelines. And it acknowledges the fact that everybody's going to make mistakes so that you're not always going to be able to do it. It's practice, not perfection. Yeah, guidelines, practice. And so it's going to look different for every person, depending on their age, their uh, awareness, but it, we're, what we're looking for is commitment, the willingness to practice. It doesn't mean you're, you're, everyone fails at some point with it. They, they mess up, but it's the willingness to jump back in. It's the willingness to learn from your mistakes and to do it in a cooperative spirit. What I love about the guidelines is that it, a lot of theories about mental health are descriptive. They describe the problem very well but they don't always prescribe a solution very well. And I think what Joe created here with an outline for our social code is that prescription for families to take home and live and create healthier relationships in a healthier environment to thrive in. He really strove to create a balance between individual autonomy, so personal liberty, in pro-social adaptation. So the pressure between the individual and the group. There's always some healthy tension, right, between getting your individual needs fulfilled and taking care of the group. And the guidelines really strive to help us attend to both in a balanced way. And so if, you know, I often will just read through them and think about how, how am I practicing? How is my family doing? We do this at Direction all the time with the kids there. But it can really help. Um, and there's never, what I love about the guidelines too is that there's never just a simple, they're simple, but it's not overly simple. Like for example, um, two, use language and body responsibly. And then two, there's different points under number two. And it, one of them is 2A, avoid offensive words. We often say language, but avoid offensive words. And that's going to be different in every group. Right? It's not just, it's not a rule set, it's guidelines, it's a code of ethics that help guide our behaviors and interactions together. And I think kids in particular, once they're, they take a look at it, they see that there's nothing extraordinary being asked of them. Right? If you want to be in a relationship with another human being, you're going to have to sacrifice some personal liberties. Now, we don't want you to have to sacrifice basic human rights. And that's what, you know, Joe really took that into account when he was creating these things, the guidelines that basic human rights are upheld in these. And 
But at the same time, if you want to be part of a group, you're going to have to give up some things, even if it's just the freedom to um, everything in the snack cabinet is mine, right? Like you have to share that as a group. And how are you going to figure that out? The guidelines can really serve as a map for your family to, if you're feeling lost as a family unit, how to function better together. How about... um sort of difficult to do a move from the abstract to the concrete perhaps reading some of them out and there's several categories as i recall yeah as i recall duncan <laughs> you should have these memorized behavioral guidelines one maintain an attitude of respect and dignity two use language and body responsibly three proactively cooperate four carefully attend to health and safety five honestly give best effort so those are the categories, and then yep. there's more specific yep. subtasks. And then let's run through the first uh, point here. So one, which is maintain an attitude of respect and dignity. One A, politely greet, welcome, and acknowledge efforts of all. Even if you just start there as a family, you might be amazed at how your culture begins to change. So this could be as simple as walking in and seeing your mother and saying, Hi, Mom. Hey, Mom. How's it going? Yep. Kiddo gets home from school. Hey, hon, nice to see you. First, or even waking up in the morning. That's always, you know, people might be a little tired, don't want to get up or grumpy. But starting there and saying, you know, good morning versus uh, just grumping at someone and walking by and shooting them a dirty look because you're pissed about your morning. <laughs> right? Which is typical. And now and again, everyone f- falls short, and that's okay. But when you notice, hey, I'm not practicing, you want to jump back on, right? Come back to the path. And they're there to guide us. So, yeah, politely greet, welcome, and acknowledge efforts of all. I love the acknowledge efforts of all, right? Because sometimes we orient ourselves to the deficits in our relationship. But what that's really going to do is help you focus on what you're missing all the time. So right off the bat, in our positive family culture, we want to be acknowledging the good, what people do right, what your kid is doing right. Yeah, in the efforts. And a lot of times, right, especially developmentally, if they're younger and as teenagers or as new parents, right, like the effort might be there. The, the execution might be very poor. But even if there's an effort, you want to be acknowledging that. I see you're trying to communicate with me, even if, like, your kid's having a tantrum and there's something they're upset about. They're trying to communicate. You can acknowledge the effort and then guide even more with further guidelines but you know and then if someone's doing something great like in the execution is great you can acknowledge that too but even the effort is important to acknowledge in our teammates right yeah all right so that's 1a 1b is calmly request space if emotionally overwhelmed first or second podcast was about this yeah yeah and we we have it up there right at the top because it's such it's such an important guideline for our behaviors in life because everyone at some point is going to get emotionally overwhelmed and in those moments we can really wreak havoc on a relationship if we don't take space until we're regulated and come back and can actually calmly talk about something so i think the example we had was uh going in uh to your daughter's room and saying hey you're getting out of bed and her screaming something profane at you or (laughs) maybe, maybe not that level but then Resisting the urge to grab her and throw her out the window, uh, which I think one of our counselors threatened to do to his daughter. <laughs> um, we shall go unnamed. Uh, as you get super heated and you're going to do something you regret, 
walking out the finger and uh, for example uh, walking out and collecting yourself and this is just a hugely important human skill yeah. and uh, highlighting that it's normal right human behavior to get overwhelmed sometimes and that's okay and the guidelines are here to help us acknowledge being human but to guide our behaviors to being the best human that we can be you know the flip side of that is it's really a guideline for the one who isn't getting overwhelmed. Uh, but we hear a lot about kids who are trying to take space and being followed by parents. Or the, the, the opposite. Parents who are just saying, I need a break, and kids who just follow them and keep talking, which really would be a, a violation of, of that spirit. Yes, we always want to grant others space when they're emotionally overwhelmed. It's really it's a helpful family practice. In your, this conversation is bringing up, in your, the book you wrote, you really, I think, highlight how the guidelines are just healthy social behavior. So if we commit to practicing these in our family and help our kids learn about them and practice making these their habits, they're going to have their best life possible, right? They're going to have good social skills. They're going to be able to function in, in groups and in families and dyads, romantic relationships, friendships, they're learning about reciprocity, giving best effort, and also having healthy boundaries for self and expressing your needs and wants. Um, you know, I think Joe is very tuned into the dynamic balance that creates a human um, between cooperation and competition, between um, good and evil, if you will, uh, and that all things exist within us as humans and it's often about which one are we going to nourish and but having a balance of that cooperation versus the individual pursuit the, you can see that as personal creativity or the competitive um, instinct but balancing because you don't want to squash one or the other you want to dynamically balance them so that you can have uh, your best life possible we think which is hard, you know, it's easy to, I think, it's simple, but it's not easy to always practice that. And the guidelines do help simplify it, though, for us. It puts it into focus, gives us a roadmap for when we're feeling overwhelmed. Um, and then 1C, to jump back to the actual guidelines, apologize for any possible offense, including accidents. Tough one. Tough one. Yeah, for a lot of people, Yeah. And I see so many, um, so many adults, you know, in personal life too, who have trouble apologizing for the primary reason their parents never did. So you can make such a difference for your child if you model that uh, um, ability to apologize. It can really stop breaking the cycle, right? Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. If you what you. If you don't transform it, you'll transmit it. Mm, that's good. This idea that if what is handed down to us, if we don't transform it, we're gonna we're gonna pass it along. Right. Yeah, I hear I work with a lot of people in individual therapy who say that exact thing. My parents never apologized to me. And they have a, a hard time in their own life apologizing or they have a hard time relating or feeling close or safe in that relationship with their parent because they don't feel um, they don't feel respected as a human. And you said apologizing even for accidents. And a lot of 
it almost can uh, seem like a blow to your pride to apologize for something that was completely accidental um, and that somehow you're, you're um, sacrificing something, but it doesn't have to be. Um, you don't have to admit you're a bad person when you apologize. You don't have to admit you did it intentionally. You know, the common thing did. is you bumped me and, uh, well, I didn't mean to. Um, right, because right, when you think, when you really break down that interaction – I didn't mean to is totally ignoring the other person's hurt. Right. And usually people don't like that. If they're hurt and you tell them and you blow that off, I mean, that doesn't facilitate a good relationship. We don't need to be excessive about it. We have actually um, an apology poster, just one other piece of paper that you can post right up on your fridge or wherever in your family that goes over the three, what we believe are the three main components of a holistic, healthy apology. Um, and one aspect of that healthy apology is keeping it right-sized, not maximizing it, not minimizing it. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not nothing either. Yeah, and the ability to apologize, we all need it because even if there are accidents, we are going to hurt other people in our group, in our family, people that we love, and we need to learn how to repair the accident. And so that is one of our guidelines. Um, And the other thing is, I think, important to remember that if our family doesn't want to practice with us, especially if we're the kids, or maybe if we're the parent, (laughs) (laughs) um, we can still practice, and that can still make a huge impact in your own life and a ripple effect out in your group. Because what we recommend is taking the guidelines. If you re- We recommend reading the guidelines, and if you think they're a healthy way to live, if they seem agreeable to you, which nine times out of ten, if you really read them, it's beyond reasonable human behavior. We recommend sitting down with your family and implementing the guidelines, which is very simple. You hand out a copy to everyone. Everyone goes over them. If there's any questions, you talk about it. And then you say that, you know, this is our group norms moving forward this is what we're all going to practice let's help each other practice one of the interesting things is uh, just because as an adult you are agreeing to participate in 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 being held to the same standard as everybody else doesn't mean you don't have a different uh, special role in the family so for example this is one of the cases in which um, it's decided by parental decree a parent is saying this is what we're going to do um so if it's if it jives with your values and you want to implement it, there can be a discussion about it, but ultimately it's your decision as a parent. So there are some some exceptions, I guess. Yeah, this is the one area where we do take control. We take responsibility for the culture that we're creating in our home. And beyond the guidelines, we don't want and we don't want to live them in a controlling way, but we're going to take responsibility for these are what we're practicing here. Because you're in reality, you're going to be practicing something. And I'm going to join you, but I'm going to be the one who decides what we're going to practice. I mean, ultimately, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, because as, in a, as the adult, that is your role and responsibility in the family. Yep. And often that doesn't mean that at every moment you're going to be, for example, what I'm thinking about here is that kids will often remind us when we're not practicing. (laughs) 
And what's very different than a lot of other rule sets that are out there, and I say other rule sets because somewhat you could consider this a rule set, although we see them more as guidelines. But in most families, the rule sets that they have, it's this one's for you, for the kids. This is what you all have to follow. Mom and dad, we don't have to follow that because we're the adults. And we recommend not doing that. It's it's a way to go and... Many people over the years have had successful families doing that. We just uh, don't think it's likely to produce the best results. Yeah, and I think we are moving towards a more cooperative paradigm in the world. I think more, um, especially like Western parenting, I think is moving towards a more cooperative way. Kids aren't being raised. They're being raised with more awareness of their human dignity than in the past. And so, you know... I think it's, yeah, it jives with what kids are learning more and how they're being brought up. Like Rick is so good. One of our counselors is so good about talking about how the way that he was parented just doesn't fly with a lot of the kids nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) And he's great at talking to other parents who get frustrated when they hear us suggest doing flattening the hierarchy. And this, we call it supra hierarchical. So that doesn't mean we throw the hierarchy out. But it includes, there's going to be moments where we are going to be in a, you know, like a higher position than our child, like when we implement it. But it doesn't mean that that's where we stay. There's going to be moments where the child is then going to emerge as the leader. Like another story from Rick is when uh, one time he got road rage or something and his child from the back seat in his little seatbelt says, uh, Dad, do you think you're practicing the guidelines? <laughs> And so in that moment, he took the leadership role. And so it includes a hierarchical way of structuring things, but it, it doesn't, it's not only that. It, it's part, it, can, it can emerge at times, but most of the time you want to have a flattened hierarchy where we're all on the same page, we're all on the same level, just practicing together. Same page of social code usually translates into feeling like you're in the same team yep. and people working together rather than at odds. So that's that's the benefit of approaching it this way. Joe would always reference an old Chinese saying, two people working separately do the work of two people, but two people working together can do the work of 100. And I think the guidelines can really help us team up to do that work of 100. And then... It helps lay the foundation, and then we can do all the other pursuits that we want to do in life. But always coming back to the guidelines to make sure that we're really practicing first things first, which is the habitualization of our developmental goals, which we can get more into on a later episode, but essentially responsible, dignified, compassionate, respectful, persevering individuals. If you want to raise kids who are have those qualities this is a great way to do it and if you want to be a person that embodies those qualities this is a great way to help yourself practice being that person and to to, at the risk of repeating myself and in different ways or repeating ourselves in different ways which will probably be the whole (laughs) podcast is the same um uh this is very much in line with the idea of role modeling and the idea of do as I say, not as I do. Um, it's fantastical thinking. This day and age in particular, and probably in the old days too, is, is just unrealistic. Uh, at least when your child grows up, they're not going to act like you did. Yeah. 
So that's part of the reason for flattening the hierarchy when, when it can be done, which is as much as possible. Right on, Dunk. So uh, should we hold there and then? Yeah, I think we got the cue that we should be done talking. Running soon. out of time. Yeah. Uh, anyways, if you'd like to read the full list, um, what the guidelines entirely are, um, com. And if you're scratching your head as to what you do when your child does not follow these. Uh, Tune it's, in next time. Yeah, it's not just a put those up on the fridge and hope. There's, we actually have some suggestions if it doesn't work out, though. Absolutely. Have a good rest of the day, folks. Take care.